What's up, everybody? Welcome to Geek Scott Game, the Geek vs. All Video Game Talk Show. I'm one of your co-hosts, Josiah Leroy. With me today, my co-host, Jeff Pavlock. We're feeling good today. We are. Jeff, um, first things first, even though we're talking video games, uh, because, again, this is the Geek vs. All Video Game Talk Show, uh, what did you think of the episode of Game of Thrones this week? Well, I didn't happen to watch it, unfortunately, uh, like I have every other episode in every other season. I, yeah, I'm about three and a half, four and a half seasons behind. <laughs> um, so apparently, You're the, still further along than I am. The the internet is on fire right now this week. Um, we we can't spoil Game of Thrones, uh, so because we haven't seen it. But if if you're interested in that, uh, the predominant prevailing opinion out there is that Game of Thrones is not uh, not going to end well. Just one episode left here. It's just incredible to see how polarizing the reaction has become, and and just so recent. It all it took was a couple episodes that this I thing have is seen is now. a tire fire. What I have known for the last several years, you know, between my social media accounts, between you know, social in person interactions, <laughs> was that everybody was unanimous. This is the greatest show ever, and now these last couple of weeks, I have seen such a stark divide between the people who are still enjoying these episodes and those who are absolutely uh, enraged by them. Fun fact, there are six people in the entire the entire world that don't like Game of Thrones. Two of them are right here on this podcast. <laughs> so, you know, I we don't want to gloat or anything, but, uh, man, that's rough. Uh, it kind of spurred a conversation on things that didn't end well in media. You know, for me, I, I said Mass Effect 3 was one that was unsatisfactory to the point where they went back and added on to the ending. Do you think, is it possible they add on to this? Is it, po- is it even feasible production-wise? Uh, well, you know what? I'll tell you that after the final episode airs and That's I see true. What, the, what the prevailing reception like, is. Like people are, are mad. Yeah. Um, I, and look, I've seen that before. You know, one of the most recent cases was Voltron, one of my favorite shows that you know from the last several years. If many, many fans despised the last season of the show to the point where, and I am not kidding about this, if you go on Rotten Tomatoes and you look at the fan score for the final season of Voltron, it, it is, sorry, it's a five. Wow. Five percent. That's definitely rotten. <laughs> yeah. It's just when some fans don't feel that a, especially a long running show doesn't end the way that they want it to, they just revolt. You know, it, it's kind of unfair to a point, I guess. Like how, I guess, I've always been of the, the mind that it's not your story, it's not your production, just because you don't like where the story went, like kind of, for lack of a better term, get over it. Like, you know, but that being said, you like what you like, you don't like what you don't like, and um, I get it. The, the thing that comes to mind again for me was Mass Effect 3. It's not that I didn't like the ending or the direction it's that i didn't feel like it was a satisfactory ending and that they almost didn't even the original approach to mass effect 3 was hey we're gonna leave it up to to you your imagination no that's unacceptable pick something and go with it even if it ends up being the quote-unquote wrong direction yeah commit to it right yeah stay true to the commit or get out one of my college professors told me and i always always thought that was the best advice so uh, sorry if you're not loving Game of Thrones, but anyway, we're here to brighten your day. Really wonderful episode. This is our 30th episode of Geek Scott Game, the week of May 15th, 2019. 
We've got a busy week going on because in just a few days we've got John Wick and then Nickel City Con 5? 4? Which one is this? I've totally lost track. This is 4. Yes. This is 4. This okay. is 4. So can, can confirm. <laughs> can confirm. Fourth year of Nickel City Con. We're excited. Uh, if you're in the Buffalo or Western New York area, we'll see you there. But uh, first things first. Later in the episode, we're going to go over 30 essential games for this generation. If you own an Xbox One, a PlayStation 4, and or Nintendo Switch. Uh, we're going to dive into that. Uh, but briefly, uh, what is in your system, which is how we start every episode of Geek's Got Game. What are you playing currently, Jeff? Anything different from last time? Yeah, something different from Super Smash Brothers, right? Something <laughs> something I don't say too often. But yes, I have been mixing up a little bit finally uh, lately. Mortal Kombat 11 was getting a lot of my attention. I reviewed that for the Geekiverse. You can go to the website and read my full review on that game um now i you asked me does it live up to the most recent entries in our last episode yeah. like moral combat x moral combat from 2011 uh having played played it extens- extensively now i can confirm that it does not but it is still a good game and it, i would say it's definitely a, a good continuation for the moral combat franchise Otherwise, I finally downloaded Guacamelee 2 for my Switch. Oh. I have been talking about that for months because I always wanted to see it on a Nintendo system. It originally um, was just out on Xbox and PlayStation. Finally came out on Switch in December, I believe. I just didn't get around to ever downloading it. Um, but I finally got it now and I finally started it. I absolutely love the original Guacamelee. One of my favorite indie games from the last several years. So um, I was really eager to jump into this again. And so far, I mean, I'm very early into it, but so far i'm enjoying it again as well very popular love the mexican aesthetic i just they really really capture the culture there so well i was always a fan of the animation uh, or art, art style i yeah, should say it's it's beautiful it looks so cool uh anything else um no just trying to stay sharp in smash brothers in case i uh actually do jump into a tournament in nickel city con <laughs> this weekend i, I really want to play this weekend i'm, I I'm gonna film test, that if you do i want to test my skills out i uh have you played in any game tournaments at Nickel City? I have not. That's why I said, like, when we were talking about our gaming resolutions for this okay, year, I, thought I that was... really want to do a lot of in-person tournament because I've never never played in one. So first, yeah, we've got a bunch of firsts this year. Pavlok's doing that. Um, I'm cosplaying for the first time at, at a convention, so that's exciting. I'm actually doing two cosplays. One's a, li- a little bit interesting, but one is recognizable. Uh, so, you, you know, you'll see those shortly. But um, for me, uh, still playing Super Lucky's Tale. It's a fun game. Um, I, I think it, it kind of got a, a moderate to bad rap, but I, I think it, that is a, a fun game that won't, won't really take you very long if you're able to kind of sit down and play it in a few sittings. I just unfortunately have not been able to. Got my hands full a little bit. Uh, that being said, it is free on Xbox Games Pass. Uh, so if you have that, go ahead and play that. Also, still kind of playing. Uh, this is the very casual for me, but I've decided to play through an old Star Wars game, meaning uh, basically a past generation Star Wars game at all, kind of at all times. Something I can pick up and put down, come back a few weeks later, pick it up again. Uh, but I'm playing through Jedi Academy, um, about two thirds of the way through that game, which uh, was for the original Xbox. Uh, and lastly, I'm really excited about this. We didn't even talk about it last episode because I didn't know it was coming out. And I don't think that there was a trailer for it um, or that it was maybe even announced. It went over my head. But uh, Sniper Elite V2 Remastered for 
da, 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 Nintendo Switch. Oh, I didn't know that. No. So uh, the kind folks at Evolve PR who handle um, Rebellion's games, they were kind enough to pass us a review copy of Sniper Elite, so it is downloading on my Nintendo Switch right now. Awesome. I, uh, it's one of my favorite Xbox 360 games, one of the most underrated uh, shooter franchises out there. It must sell well because we've gotten four of those games. My dad loves those games. Um, but, uh, you know, Sniper Elite 3 and 4 were okay. Sniper Elite 2 is where it's at. The DLC is wonderful. The Switch version comes with all of that. Um, so you the... I can't remember what they call it, but uh, Kill the Fuhrer DLC is one uh-huh. of the best things ever. You could put a, a bullet at Adolf Hitler. <laughs> uh, he either goes on the run, or if you've played things carefully, you get to snipe him from a distance, and it is so satisfying with that kill cam. Mm-hmm. What I'm most excited about, however, is that not only can I play this again, it's an excuse to go through it for... It's either a second or third time I'll have played it, uh, but I get to play this on a handheld. I'm very excited to see how it plays. I'm a little bit leery about the thumbsticks. This is a yeah. very sensitive shooter. Right. And, um, the Joy-Cons, those analog sticks just are a little little flimsy. Probably not the greatest for shooters. The Pro Controller will be great. Right. Uh, but and, if I want to play on the handheld on the go, it'll probably be the Joy-Cons, and we'll see. Yeah, I always talk about that with fighting games on the Switch. Um, there, there's not too many where I can comfortably play with the Joy-Cons anymore. I have to have the Pro Controller. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I, I love that controller. Um, that The Xbox One controller, very comparable. I, I love both of those. Um, that's that's the way to go, especially if you're playing a shooter. Um, so that was a pleasant surprise since we last recorded, and sure enough, uh, like I said, we're happy to, to get a copy of that from the fine folks over at Evolve. I know it's kind of a running gag, but that like the Switch gets all these ports and old re-releases, but at the same time, there's some that I really, really like seeing on the Switch. And even just to have that handheld capability... That is a whole new dynamic to it. Like um, I know a lot of these are, you know, kind of retreads, but at the same time, there's I, I really enjoy seeing some of these games come back. That was an Xbox 360 game for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we'll see a Nintendo console like the Switch get an existing generation game. That too. That one is a game from 2012 that's coming out on the Switch, which I think is awesome. And it is coming to Xbox One and PS4 also, by the right. way. I just happened to get it on Switch. Uh, that was the code I, I requested because I was like, I want to play this on the handheld. Um, but I think there's a difference, too. The The Wii U felt like early on it was front-loaded with re-releases such as Mass Effect 3. It got Assassin's Creed yeah, 3. Yeah, that's right. And then it fell off a cliff. Oh, God. It <laughs> fell off a mountain. Now, <laughs> here we are uh, two years and two months into the life cycle of the Switch, and Steam seems to be building, if anything. Yeah. So that, I mean, obviously, sales are astronomically better yeah you know you vote with your wallet that's how it goes but uh, I'm, I'm very excited about that uh that that we're gonna see all these options come there we also got saints row three uh, right. or saints row the third i should say on on switch how about that's another that would have been a 2011 xbox 360 and ps3 era game my favorite saints row game by the way so you know go play that on your switch but i like you get to play that on the go i think there's something to be said for just the, the convenience of it. We've talked about how much we adore that that option all the time. Um, moving on to our next segment here, honoring the past. We skipped this last week uh, because we, we had a lot to get to. Two weeks ago. Uh, two weeks ago, excuse me. There's not a, a lot on the list. There's just two titles we want to mention, and they're both from uh, 2009. 
uh, so we're going back 10 years just to kind of recap what came out in May of 2009. There was nothing notable for us in 1999. Uh, but one title was for the Nintendo Wii. Uh, it was May 18th of that year, and it was Punch-Out. Yeah. Uh, and you can speak to this one better than I can. Yeah, that was a really fun game. It was the first Punch-Out in a long, long, long time. Uh, you hadn't seen it on GameCube, um, uh, N64, Game Boy, anything like that. Um, they brought it out with motion control. However, true to Punch-Out uh, Punch spirit, insanely insanely difficult game um so if you were if you were playing it seriously and you were trying to beat it all the way to the end you almost had to use just the the wii remote turned sideways as like a normal controller just because you needed that precision um as far as your punches and whatnot um like i said really really hard game um it, it you wouldn't think that if you don't know the series because the guys you're fighting and punch out are all these just over the top ridiculous absurd characters um but the fights are so so difficult they have crazy attack patterns um really weird attributes and it's it's one of those games that if you're trying to play it all the way to the end it's just as difficult as the orig- original punch out was which is infamous for its difficulty Infamous for its difficulty, you say? Yes. Well, I actually did that on accident. I, but <laughs> it worked out perfect. I really was not trying to do a pun there. That was just that was honest to goodness. That's that's wonder a wonderful segue. May twenty sixth in nine uh, two thousand nine. Infamous, the original Infamous for PS three. Um, I uh, I played a fair amount of that game. Never got all the way through it, but I gotta say it's not for the lack of quality of that title. That is a wonderful Sony exclusive um, that would actually spawn uh, a few few sequels here. Like I said, came out for the PS3 exclusively, has not come out on anything else. Uh, game rankings gave it an 80, 86.17% rating, Metacritic an 85, uh, so very well on both ends of the, the spectrum for the game reviews there. Uh, a few years later, we'd get Infamous 2. And then uh, one of my favorite, actually, PS4 games in 2014, very close to launch, uh, Infamous Second Son. Uh, so Sucker Punch, uh, if you listen to our last episode of Geek's Got Game, I said they should make a Captain Marvel game in our proposed Marvel gaming universe. I love the Infamous games. They're, uh, they're a lot of fun. They're, and, they're great. Uh, Second Son, I actually played through twice to get both endings. Oh, that's right. And, yeah, there was really the good... E- like That was like really distinct in that game those morality meters were big for a while right, right? In, yeah. in gaming and that mm-hmm. kind of but no like i feel like in second son it was at its most prominent because it, it really changed the game and the, the and the story then in that case it did um i, I couldn't agree more uh, 2009 uh featured a a city called empire city uh the star of that one was cole mcgrath and then getting into infamous second son one thing i loved about that title just quick before we move on, was that it was set in Seattle. Um, you know, the Space Needle, just all these different, um, these local mom-and-pop coffee shops and at stores around there were actually in the game. Like you could basically, they recreated Seattle, from what I understand, very faithfully. And that's I thought really that was, cool. that, you know, that that's a nice touch, especially if you live there, if you you visited, and neither of which I have done. But um Two pretty good games there. Uh, we'll see what June holds for us because that'll. Well, actually, we'll have one more episode in May. Yeah, May is the way the dates line up is kind of funny this month. Yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, one other note 
uh, before we get to our main segment here, want to say a special shout out. Alan Wake turns nine years old today. So at this time next year, we'll be talking about Alan Wake, but uh, that is one of my favorite Xbox uh, franchises. It, it did spawn kind of a a small sequel in uh, the form of an Xbox arcade game, but Alan Wake itself, very popular game from the incredible people over at Remedy. Uh, they've also made Quantum Break. They made the original Max Payne games, and they're going to be releasing Remedy uh, remedy control, excuse me, in August. Uh, so they've always got a nice penchant for storytelling in in kind of an odd setting, and a little bit of horror influence, a little bit of Twilight Zone influence. Um, you could check out a video I interviewed Michael Kazarin, and he's one of the the lead uh, directors for the game. Uh, I mean, worked on all the Remedy's past games, and it was very interesting from last year at E3 his insight into some of these titles. He said uh, Sam Lake, who, who founded the studio, who still runs the studio, said if something can go wrong, it will go wrong. Um, and that was kind of, I, I'm paraphrasing there, and I'm paraphrasing him as well. Uh, I thought there was always an interesting premise for getting in, into a game. Can't believe we haven't gotten an Alan Wake sequel all these yeah, years later. I always felt like it was acclaimed enough that it, it would have warranted one. From what I understand, shifting years to Quantum Break... Microsoft didn't want a sequel, but Remedy wanted to make one. Right. Microsoft paid for it. I see. Owns the title. I I feel like that's probably what happened with Alan Wake. But why would they not? You know, Alan Wake seems like that could have been such a, a slam dunk exclusive for this generation. Well, it, and this is just spitballing. Um, Remedy is so good and obviously so passionate about storytelling in games. Maybe they didn't have a story for a sequel that they felt would have done it justice. That's fair. Like you almost they, think Microsoft would have said, all right, we're going elsewhere then. Yeah. Cause they, you know, they kind of own those rights. You know, you, you don't want to put out a, a haphazard product or just, you know, just like, you know, a, a half baked story. Maybe they felt like if, you know, Hey, if we're going to do a sequel, we're going to do it just as good as the first one in terms of the narrative. It's funny. Cause I'm complaining about not getting a sequel in an age where all we get are sequels. Yeah. So <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Maybe it's it's better that that one just stays where it is. Or I would love a remastered version of Alan Wake cuz it is a little dated now. Yeah. Uh but almost 10 years old. Man, I love that game. I played the heck out of that game. It's best to play in the dark, by the way. Just saying. All right, we're going to get to our main segment here. The Geekiverse community. Uh so basically a culmination of a few of our writers top picks. Uh Jeff and I kind of compiled this list. 30 essential games for the Xbox One, the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch. This is not an all-inclusive. What's it? I would say, why are we doing 30 games? Because uh, this is our, our 30th episode. So we, we thought it prudent to do so here. Um, this is not an end-all, be-all. This is not even necessarily the best of the best. Exactly. These are games we thought, you're buying an Xbox, a PlayStation, a Nintendo. These are some games you're going to want to play. Uh, we've got a pretty diverse list in terms of style of games, whether it's an RPG, action game, indie game, you name it, we've got it on here. That's um, the thing. We're trying to give you all corners of the gaming industry here. We're not, try- we're not trying to include just one genre here. In we- some cases, we tried to avoid remastered editions slash ports of games from previous generations. Uh, however, we... We did include some if we felt the criteria 
made it new enough of an experience or was close enough to the the border of the PS3 slash PS4, let's say, era, for example. The other thing was we, we included certain collections. So maybe uh, a collection of a, a series of games that you can all buy in, in one box. Basically, what gives you the highest quality, most eclectic uh, gaming experience with your library. So here are the 30 Geek Essentials uh, for this generation of gaming. Uh, maybe your list looks a little bit different than ours. We'd love to hear from you. Go to facebook.com slash thegeekiverse. That's comment the, and tell us. That's the amazing thing. Probably if you talk to 30 different people, you would have 30 wildly different lists. Like not even close to And the then same. ask them to rank them. And right, then yeah. you would get even even drastically different than and that. And that's what's great. And that's why we're saying where this is not necessarily the very best games. It's just the ones that we feel um, deliver the most uh, established experience for these consoles. So we'll go through the 30 here, kind of give a uh, really a snapshot analysis of, of the games. Nothing too crazy in depth here. We don't, we don't want to go forever, but uh, this is in no particular order. We'll start off with uh, actually a pretty, pretty legendary title in uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, I'm shocked this is on here. Uh, <laughs> me too. I, this is odd. Uh, my no- oh, yep. No, my notes are right. Okay. So yeah. All right. Uh, so it's not a goof. It's, it's not, not a goof. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Breath of the Wild, a, a Nintendo Switch launch game one of the best launch games of all time yeah <laughs> uh, we reviewed it jeff and i did a few years back when it came out uh, one of the highest scoring games we've we've ever given you know a game in general uh, let alone a launch title uh but jeff you talk about this one this is closer closer to your your long time well, passion well just getting to it was an adventure in itself how many delays we had it was originally supposed to be for the wii u um did eventually launch for wii u but we always, uh, Nintendo fans were hoping, praying that it would be the Wii U exclusive that would really turn that console around. Unfortunately, that was not meant to be, but it uh, only seemed appropriate that it really kind of jump-started the Nintendo Switch, which is now Nintendo's most successful, um, highest quality console in a long, long time. But Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild was just such a huge step forward in terms of hardware um in-game world running power for the legend of zelda series we that overworld was enormous whether you had been playing hd games or not but i mean especially for the legend of zelda um that was just such a huge enhancement that overworld and the graphics the like i said the the running power of it all i'll never forget as I've mentioned before, getting home, opening the Switch that night, and that was a late night for me, getting midnight release, and I was like, I gotta open it, I gotta check it out. Checked it out, plugged it in, uh, put in Zelda, of course, and I'll never forget coming out of that first, essentially, dungeon, the pan around camera, the music, the peace, the calm, the serenity of it all, and that was that was my introduction to the legend of zelda essentially yeah. uh so that it's uh just things stick with you and that was that was a beautiful moment that whole game is just about freedom you do whatever you want and you, you want to go save zelda right away okay cool if you want to just go mess around and collect stuff yeah that's fine too perfect title to play up to the switch's strengths of playing on a big screen tv at home or on the go yeah really collecting yeah no there's just so much to grab in that game very recent title here super smash brothers ultimate uh, which Jeff has talked about numerous, uh, numerous occasions here. Many, many times. <laughs> uh, how many hours there? We, would you guess? I think I just hit two hundred. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I think I think I just hit two hundred. <laughs> and I'm not done. 
I'm not even oh, close to done. Oh, you are not keep, even keep, close to done. I'm going to keep playing this game for the rest of the cycle, man. Until there's a new one. Exactly. That's how it goes. But I hope it's not for a long time because I I, I don't think they need to. I think you know they, they call this one Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And when I reviewed it, I said that was a mostly, mostly apt name for the game. Um, it's definitely an enormous fighting game. It brought together literally every single character in the franchise's history. But it was missing a few single-player modes, um, just some uh, single-player options, especially, that previous games had. However, we're starting to see now that Nintendo is including some of those through free DLC. Um, So in their most recent uh, DLC pack, which had Joker from Persona 5 as the new character, um, there was also an update that added a level creation mode. So if you... Especially they recommend it you take the switch in portable mode and using the touchscreen you can draw the details of your own level um that was a mode that was featured in super smash brothers brawl super smash brothers for wii u um like i said though initially missing out of the gate for super smash brothers ultimate so i'm hoping that going forward now with some of these new updates nintendo adds these free modes that had maybe been in there before, even brand new modes, and then you have that really, you know, a game that lives up to that name, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, having everything we've ever loved and more about the franchise all in one game now. Another super title, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, one of two games called Odyssey that would come out on that date, one year apart. Yeah, so that, was, that was always interesting. Just a fun little tidbit. You really like this one, like even more <sighs> so than I did. Man, there's uh, there's something to be said for not just a good game, but a game coming out at the right time, right? And this came out at the right time for me. Uh, I really didn't have much on my Switch at that point because the Switch is not my, my uh, go-to system. When there's a game that comes out for numerous platforms, I go on Xbox One. Uh, it's just kind of how it is. So this came out. Uh, my family was going uh, on a nice vacation. We went to Disney World just after this came out, and playing that on the plane, it just it was such a sweet memory. Let alone everything I, I enjoyed about the game. Um, I love the cappy dynamic. I love how it felt like you could complete the game in a, in a just the perfect amount of time, but. Y- if you really wanted to 100% this thing, it was going to take you a while. Yeah. But not too long at the same time. Like, manage, manageably, I guess, there's some games where I'm like, there's just never even a chance in hell I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> but this one, I was like, if I wanted to, I could go try to maybe 100% that. Yeah. Um, I also, two years ago at E3, uh, Seth, Adam and I were there, everyone walking around with cappy caps and... Uh, the mu- the theme song that you get on the New York City level, or New New Donk City, New I should Donk say. <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah, but that was playing th- the entire time at the Nintendo booth, and it just, I love that song. I love the marketing for the game. It was so perfect. It came out just, uh, what, six, six months after uh, Zelda. So yeah. the Switch came out swinging, and yeah, there that, you go, and that was just a beautiful thing. Yeah, that first year for Switch was molten. I love that game, man. That's that's a game I would go back and play. That is that is, it's it's one of my favorite games of all time, uh, which is you know saying a lot. Uh, but you you enjoyed it as well. Oh yeah. Probably you know not as much to the degree I did, or maybe I you know I've got less of a 
less of a backlog or history with Nintendo. Of course. It, you know, so right. less and, to choose from, if you will. Yeah, and that's not to say I dislike the game. It's just that there were 3D Marios that I preferred to that. However, sure. I, I, I enjoyed my time oh, yeah. with Mario Odyssey, and I do not regret the 9.25 score that I gave it. I think if someone were to, to pick up a Switch... That might be the game I would recommend. Well, uh, that's what a lot of people have apparently done because it is far and away, well, not far and away, but it is the highest selling Switch game so far. Over 15 million copies, although it seems Smash Brothers is going to overtake it sometime later this year because Smash is just moving copies like mad. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, I, the other thing with Switch is they've really staggered these releases nicely, these heavy hitters, if you will. You know, you've got Smash Brothers, you had Splatoon. Uh, we've we've got a lot on the horizon still, especially this summer, which we've complained about. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> uh, when I say complain, I mean we're ecstatic. It's just you know where just are we going to find the time? Cooped up playing video games all summer. I might have that week off too, by the way. Oh yeah, that's the thing. Uh, game four on the list: Spider-Man PS4. Uh, you know me. I you know I've been playing this game forever now. It came out last September. Wow, that is one of the best superhero games ever. Um, we'll get to another one later on this list that I also adore. But uh, Spider-Man 4 is a really nicely written story. They took a cue from the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that they didn't need to go back and tell us the origin story that we've seen a hundred times of Peter Parker. This is Peter Parker eight years into being Spider-Man. She's 23 years old. I love the dynamic between him and MJ. There's a lot of emotional depth there. There's a fantastic cameo from Stan Lee on the just to mention there. The DLC, all three DLC packs for it are phenomenal. Uh, I've hundred percented all of those as well as the mainline game. There's no shortage of customization in terms of suits and different powers. The combat is perfect. My favorite suit is the animated Spider-Man suit, followed closely by the Iron Spider from Infinity War, by the way, which is really cool. Um, I could go on and on about it, but the Fighting in that game feels as good as the free flow did in the Ark- Batman Arkham games. And each respective title between Batman and Spider-Man made you feel like it played to those characters' strengths. So you had Batman, who's kind of this big brute. He is he he moves fast, but he's heavy. Where Spider-Man is more finesse, yeah. and he can zip around, and he's got that sarcastic attitude. And that's... Insomniac games, they nailed it. Yeah, I never thought of that. It's such, you know, it's just as good as the Arkham games, but it's such a foil to them also in terms of the, you know, what the character's physical attributes are and what his personality is like. Never yeah. thought of that. Oh, yeah. Kind of two ends of the spectrum in, in that. Uh, but that is a game, again, if uh, someone's picking up PlayStation 4, that might be the game I start with. Spider-Man is, is one of the most popular Marvel, let alone... Any superheroes, you know, ever. And uh, the game is wonderful. God of War. So PlayStation had a great year last year. Yes, it did. We talked about Switch having a kind of a great launch. God of War from the team uh, over at Sony Santa Monica and led by Corey Barlog. That uh, was a game I gave you 10 out of 10, and I did not do... I, I could kind of one hand the amount of games I've ever given that to. The dynamic with Kratos... And the axe. So think Stormbreaker from you know Infinity War. That's what you've got there. It is so incredible. I could go on and on and on about this game. The story is magnificent. The music, unbelievable. The graphics, 
as good as any PlayStation game ever. The There's one camera the entire game, which I thought this was pointed out by Jonathan Dornbush of uh, IGN. There's one camera the entire game, so it never cuts to a cutscene. When there's a cutscene, it takes basically the camera from behind your character and rotates 180 to look at the action. So basically the, the front view or even maybe a little bit off to the side of the dialogue or whatever action is happening. But there are no load screens unless uh, you're going to a, essentially uh, a different realm. Yeah, like you're fast traveling. Sure. Right. Um, it, it, it just... in. It was so immensely satisfying, and I enjoyed the God of War games back in the day. When I say back in the day, I mean the original God of War games, right. really just 10 years ago. A little more than that now, no, actually, 2005. More, yeah, more than that. Uh, but this is a whole new God of War. So if you play those original ones and you didn't care for them, this is totally different. It's a perfect reboot. It was everything that it needed to be from that 2016 E3 press conference. Um Oh, man, what a, and it's it just it was it was so good, and it's a game too. You wouldn't think, but you can go back and explore, and really, there's a lot to collect, a lot to uh, to try to hundred percent, if you will. So that's uh, another good addition to that. Oh, absolutely. Um, another PlayStation exclusive here, Uncharted Four. Uh, so you you may want to play the the original Uncharted's first, but we're going to talk about this one first. This is uh. Uh, there's no spoilers in saying this. This was touted as Nathan Drake's last adventure. The the star of the, the action series, you know, you think Indiana Jones, but in video games. Um, he's he's fun. He's adventurous. There's always an incredible story that, that plays through in each of the Uncharted games. You really love the ensemble cast. You get um, Troy Baker as, as Nathan Drake's brother in this one. And it was really a nice... Uh, greatest hits almost. It was fan service at its finest for Uncharted fans. It's uh, as good looking as God of War was in terms of cinematics and just a, a little bit longer than your average Uncharted game, but one that, again, kind of gave a nice farewell and, if anything, passed the torch off to uh, either a new generation of Uncharted fans or or maybe even different characters that we saw in that game. But that man, if you if you want just a fun action movie game, that's it right there. I always get a kick out of it how important Uncharted became for Sony as a franchise because I always remember when the very first Uncharted was coming out. You remember PlayStation Three was not struggling, but it was it was such a come down from PlayStation Two. It was behind. There was a lot of bad press about it. Xbox uh, 360 was doing so well at the time. The Wii, even the Wii, was selling very very well, um, and people questioned, as even those in the media questioned, if Uncharted could be uh, the flagship franchise for Sony going forward. They said, can Nathan Drake really carry uh, this console? And you know, years later, it turned out that Uncharted became one of not just the you know not just one of the most important franchises for Sony, but one of the most important franchises in all of gaming. That's so to super see true. how that franchise grew and eventually elevated itself was really really fascinating. I think when a lot of people think of uh, PlayStation mascots, yeah, no, you have to think of you Nathan think of Drake now. Nathan Absolutely, Drake. you have Crash, Spyro, and like I Nathan. said, there was debate if Nathan Drake could do that before the first Uncharted released. You know, they wondered, could this become a franchise? And it did. Boy, it did. The right amount of charm, and uh, they nailed it. Yeah. They did. Nolan North uh, delivered a wonderful performance in any uh, Uncharted, every Uncharted game that he was a part of. 
Um, so I, you know, I love the that there's the the possibility of the future of that franchise continuing on, kind of like I said, passing on the torch. Yeah, I don't want to see that end yet. No, no for sure. No, no, no. Um, and that game actually went through a lot of turmoil. Uh, sure. Uncharted 4. Amy Henning, who was the the writer on the first three games, kind of removed. We don't know what happened there. Story's never going to get out. I'm sure. I don't know if it was the company. Uh, anyway, um, you had the original two uh, directors kind of come back. Um, and Neil and Bruce, they 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 got what they they had to do. The game was delayed a little bit, but man, they not only got by, they just far exceeded anything they should have been able to produce for that game. Um, so you know, kudos to to them doing what they had to do there. Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, so this is a very recent game, obviously as well. Odds are, uh, you, you know, you've played that. I described it to Jeff. Um. Uh, in terms of style of gamer, you've got gamers out there who only play Madden or only play NHL or maybe they only play Call of Duty. Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes I think you take a turn and gamers in those groups maybe want to uh, broaden their horizons a little bit, if you will. Maybe the next game they try is a game like Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Redemption. Something that's so prominent, so high selling, uh, so universally lauded in terms of video games, uh, whether it's critically or commercially. Red Dead Redemption 2, I think, kind of checks all those boxes. Uh, I'm midway through the game. I've kind of taken a break from it. Uh, I know many, many people that have loved that game. and It got so many accolades at the end of last year. There's not much else to say about it, but it is, uh, it is a slower-paced open-world game whereas a lot of open-world games have a, a moderate to fast pace these days. Um, and even though it is called Red Dead Redemption 2, ironically enough, it is a prequel to the first game, just so you know. Uh, so a little bit odd how it ties in, but uh, beautiful, lush world. Uh, riding a horse feels really awesome. Uh, the the Deadeye, where your time slows down, is, is just as good as it is in the first game. And uh, it's a world I look forward to, to jumping back into this summer. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, so this is another uh, PlayStation exclusive here. Came from Guerrilla Games in early 2017. Uh, very, very highly praised game. I don't want to say it flew under the radar. Because uh, it is a very popular game, but especially among PlayStation owners. If you don't own a PlayStation, you may not be super familiar with it. Uh, but this, again, kind of a an open world, futuristic Yet back to the past setting, uh, where you're you're kind of almost like a Viking, but there's machines around. Uh, it's a it's a, a good game, and I I don't know if this has been confirmed, but I think a sequel is yeah, about to be announced. I believe there's so. been some leaks, if you will, lately. And it's well deserved. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn was awesome. I really so like I, the story. I, yeah, actually, no, the it. setting is so interesting. Yeah, you know, it's a world that's run down, really been reclaimed by nature. Yet there's these creatures that are, you know, obviously super, super advanced in terms of te- technology, and they've taken over wildlife. It's not, you know, living, breathing, carbon-based creatures that are roaming the environment so much. It's these huge mechanical monstrosities. And some of the fights were really, really interesting. It, it kind of gave me vibes of Monster Hunter a little bit um, with you know, RPG elements then. Um, kind of... Uh, not item based, but I got some vibes from Zelda as well in there. But I, I really, really liked Horizon Zero Dawn. I think that concept is fascinating. I think the story was really good. That whole world is just such a neat idea. Um, so I look forward to seeing that get expanded. It is a future. unique concept for a for a story, which is rare to come by these days. 
especially in, in gaming. So um, I gotta imagine high odds uh, that we'll get a sequel. Hopefully, um, you know we'll we'll hear about that soon. Uh, the Last of Us remastered again. We kind of were him and Han on including this, but ultimately I, I said we should. It came out very very late in the PS3 generation. Um, it was 2012, and then 2013 the PS4 came out and uh, it was rebuilt uh, from Naughty Dog, the makers of Uncharted. It's just um, that's another game I might throw right up at the top of the list if you're getting a, uh, a PlayStation 4. Get that game. You can get it pretty cheap nowadays. And um, very mature story, uh, somber setting, end of the world kind of stuff. I prefer Uncharted, even though uh, Uncharted and Last of Us are really different games. Uh, this one, I, you know, I think if, if you're a comic book movie fan, uh, think think Logan. That's exactly what I think of when I, I think of a, a world like this. Yeah. In terms of how the characters are and how they interact. Right. It's kind of post-apocalyptic but not like it's not com- like, it's not like the environment has completely been destroyed but society and civilization definitely is kind of run down a bit and we we should be hearing more about the last of us two very soon i would imagine however who knows because sony's not going to e3 which this would have been the e3 i think to announce that and it's I funny i keep forgetting that Right, like it just seems it just seems so weird. Feels like it's been announced for a long time to now. say that Sony will not be at E three. Like I, I I I still can't completely process that. And I appreciate it, but it is it is odd, um, and you it almost makes you wonder. Like this is probably if so if Last of Us doesn't come out this year, comes out next year, and I, there's an argument to be made that that may be the last prominent year of the PS four life cycle. Yeah, and that's crazy to me that we weren't getting a game for such a franchise like that sooner. Or earlier in the cycle. Um, right back to Naughty Dog again. Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection. I would recommend starting here before you you maybe jump in, into Uncharted 4 if you want the full story. You don't have to to appreciate what's going on in 4, but the fan service is all the more fascinating if you do. And these are relatively short games. Um, one shows its age a little bit, but 2 and 3 are masterpieces. Some of the best set pieces in any game you'll ever see some of the best action sequences. Uh, the the gunplay is, is fairly good, and the story will it, it it's it's surprising the Uncharted movie has not come to the big screen yet. Uh, but we know Tom Holland's going to be playing a young Nathan Drake in a, a future Uncharted movie. I don't know where that's in production or if that's even done with the writing process yet. But uh, that's a very and that's probably the best bang for your buck on this list. I I would say because you get three really quality games there. Uh, next title is Celeste. Now, admittedly, Jeff and I have not played this game. Uh, John Fick, I know, one of our, our social media people and video game writers. Recommended it to holy hell. <laughs> yeah, like, gets mad when people haven't played it, so he's mad at us right now. But um, that was a game that came out early in 2018, was in consideration from a lot of outlets for Game of the Year. Yeah. Smaller title, uh, platformer, and one that, I definitely want to get into uh, that would fit my New Year's resolution for playing smaller games. So um, it was a games with gold game. I've got it. I've just got to play it now. Well, like the amazing thing is that is that you know the final product that we got. It was never intended to be that way. The the developers originally kind of just made it as like a prototype for just kind of like a more simplistic experience. I think they said they were um, doing it during a, a game jam. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, that's kind of like um, 
it's like a it's like a meeting of the minds kind of session where several where multiple um, game designers come together just to try and put something together as quickly as possible in you know a very short span of time you know a couple days maybe a weekend something like that those developers never went into it expecting Celeste to become this you know finalized full um, product that would especially get lauded as well as it did. It, it had such humble origins and it eventually became an indie title that was just absolutely revered for its quality. Yeah, super popular. I like, think that's one that will gain steam over time. Like you said, Game of the Year. Uh, it was, uh, you know, Game of the Year nominations, if not Game of the Year awards. And to do that in this day and age is really impressive. It, it's a, it's amazing for a smaller budget title like that. Oh, yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at, especially they, for that. But, you know, starting with Celeste now, we've got a couple games here we're going to mention. These are not crazy high-budget games. You know, these are more indie titles. Yeah. Which we're um, going to mention here for the top 30. So one of my resolutions for uh, the year in terms of gaming resolutions was that I was going to play more small titles, especially, you know, I've got an eight-month-old. Um, we've got this going on. We've got our day jobs. Um, it's It's hard to find time to play games. If I play, it's going to be late at night, and that's if I can fight staying awake. So um, on that list uh, is a game you probably know called Cuphead. Uh, so this game actually came out in 2017, I think. Yes. Uh, it was September 2017. I remember hearing about it for the longest time. It was announced actually in 2014. So finally, you know, said, hey, it's coming out this fall. Um, notably a difficult game. Oh, it's brutal. Uh, a very, very hard game. You will die over and over and over and over again. <laughs> it's Dark Souls in 2D. I don't know if I have the patience for it, but man, does it look like a, a, a charming, frustrating game, if you will. It's got that old school, like 1950s, 60s cartoon I love that direction. stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, I love know that me stuff. too. And it's like, one of my favorite things is too, it doesn't just have that art direction. It always has kind of like that grainy filter over it. So it looks like you're playing like a really old like like literally decades old kind of reel of a cartoon like it's not pristine looking always i love that it's got that character to it uh just came out on nintendo switch uh which is uh actually just last month perfect platform for it it is um i know that was one of the games that they wanted to to really show off the capabilities of xbox one with which is not something you'd think of but with the unique art style it kind of you know uh, came through very well in the Xbox One X. Um, or n- another smaller title here that we want to mention, universally praised, uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. So Ori got an 88% on Metacritic. Um, Cuphead well got deserved. 87. So well deserved. 10 out of 10 on Steam for what it's worth for both games. Uh, this came out, believe it or not, in March of 2015. Uh, so that's surprising to me. This game is already you know, four, over four years old. We're going to be getting a sequel to this very shortly. And uh, this is on my list as well. Uh, I had a short list of games I'm going to play from what I mentioned before. So Cuphead and Oreo were both on there. And um, just a beautiful game. Uh, colorful. I don't know if somber is the right. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's extremely somber at times. It can, be, it can be a just absolutely heartbreaking story at times. Um, it's a super atmospheric game. Every level is just bursting with character and personality, whether that be, uh, you know, vivacious, vibrant, or, you know, a little more sullen and uh, depressing. It, uh, it's a game I'm happy is getting a sequel, and I think it's coming at the right time. Just wasn't one that was rushed. It was one that 
you know, it's coming out here just a few years later, but it's um, it might be the next game actually on my list uh, for to check off. Mario Kart. Ah, uh, yes. So the only game I've played on my Switch more than Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yes, uh, this one was another one of the the games we considered, but because it was a kind of a full package, if you will, and came out relatively late in the, the Wii U life cycle, um, one that we wanted to include because it feels like every Switch owner has this game. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you, you have a Switch, you have this game. And this isn't a, fr- uh, uh, yeah, a phrase that I normally use for any game or any franchise, but I feel like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the definitive Mario Kart experience. Like, I don't feel like they're... Like, if, you, if that's literally the only Mario Kart you ever play, you are getting the very best and the very most out of the franchise just with that one game alone. What would you say is more definitive uh, in its franchise? Mario Kart or Super Smash Brothers Deluxe? Or, uh... Ooh, yeah, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, for now, I'm going to say Mario Kart 8 Deluxe because Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is still missing a couple modes and features that were in previous games. Okay. However, like I said, if Nintendo keeps this up where they keep adding free DLC through some of their updates, I think Super Smash Bros. Ultimate will eventually get there. Um, but for na- but for now, I'm going to stick with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I do love me it- some Mario Kart. I am excited next month for the remake of Crash Team Racing. Uh, that's going to be very, very fun. I'm uh- something i played the heck out of as a, a kid it'll be nice you can finally beat me at a racing game again oh don't you worry don't you worry big daddy i'm coming for you uh i'm gonna get smoked <laughs> I, play you I am gonna get demolished oh it's gonna be glorious, <laughs> it's glorious. he's gonna be reveling in it people crash bandicoot Warp. xenoblade chronicles next game on the list here yeah, another game you could spend an entire year playing and still have stuff to find it's just wrong it's it's enormous <laughs> Um, I, I Andrew Garvey reviewed it for us. I believe he said he put in a hundred, hundred to one hundred fifty hours, and he still had things to collect. It's, it's insane. I know, right? And, and then on top of that, there was a expansion that came out. Um, I believe September of last year. Um, Torn of the Golden Country. Uh, forty dollar download if you got it, or I think it was also a retail release too. Um, but it was basically its own game. It was like a 20 to 25 hour experience on top of that original game out there. So just the sheer amount of content in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and its respective expansion pass is mind boggling. If you're an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4 owner, you may not know uh, a great deal about this title, but uh, last summer, so July has kind of become almost a hotbed for releases here i believe it was july octopath traveler yes uh because j- this july we've got some very nice titles coming yes and then, we do. Uh, the year before would have been splatoon 2 yes so yeah that's kind of a sweet spot for nintendo releases yeah but uh octopath traveler a game uh you and many in, in the geekiverse adored quite possibly my favorite game of t- 2018 if i'm being honest i wouldn't say it's the best game you know d- uh objectively but i think it may have been my favorite game from 2018 I just had, I had so much fun with that. Um, it was immediately taken by the art direction. One of the very first Switch games shown off, actually. Um, they they had it during that Japanese um, presentation that we watched at like two in the morning, all the oh, way back in January right. 2017. And you know we didn't know what this game was going to be like back then. I thought it was going to be an indie title. I thought it was going to be like you know a ten twenty dollar download. 
Um, so then I was, I had some reservations then when I find out, oh, this is supposed to be, you know, a, a $60 retail release, but it was absolutely worth the money because it absolutely beautiful game for one. Um, it was made with the same care as a triple A blockbuster. See, it, it was, it yeah. was, it was treated with that same care. Um, tons of freedom in that game, uh, you know, kind of taking cues from breath of the wild, just the sheer amount of options and freedom you had to go through the, uh, whatever order of the character stories you want to do, whatever class you want to make the characters, um, how you break down your enemies' defenses in combat. There's just so many different ways to go through everything. Um, everybody who plays it is going to have a completely different experience. And that's what it sounded like from yourself, Tom, and Garvey. Yes. Uh, just in brief conversations in our, our group chat. Um, the next game on the list is possibly the most successful, I would say, almost free title. Can't really say it's free. You still paid for it. Um, Forza Horizon 4 came out on Xbox One and uh, Windows devices, and it was free if you had the Xbox Games Pass. Uh, So Forza is uh, one of the most popular, if not the most successful, uh, racing game series out there today. You think back in the days, some of the franchises, whether it's Need for Speed, uh, Gran Turismo, I think Forza Horizon stands tallest. Uh, But anyway, uh, this was a game we scored a 10 out of 10 uh, at thegeekiverse.com. It it is a free game for Games Pass holders, and you get it day one. So when it came out, if you had Games Pass, and this was a reason for a lot of people to buy Games Pass or even do the free trial, such as yours truly, that now I'm hooked on Games Pass, and I pay for it, and I love it, and it's something I don't see myself getting rid of. And I blame or thank a lot of, you know, channel a lot of that towards Forza Horizon 4. So uh, off-road addicting driving finding whether it's it's upgrading your car purchasing different cars but going along the countryside the the theme for this one was kind of four seasons uh between summer winter fall and spring and i think that was just so much fun to play through all of those i think uh if you're a real car enthusiast you'll really appreciate it i'm not a car enthusiast but it still got me excited about almost kind of wanting to be one. Uh, that was always... Uh, I, I've always enjoyed the Forza series, but this is is far and away my favorite that I've played, and I think a lot of people stand the, the same way. And um, also, it is one of the greatest selling Forza Horizons ever. Uh, not Those are, numbers are not just coming from the Games Pass. Um, they're coming from people who actually purchased that title. So it's saying a lot uh, that... Uh, I believe this is the 11th title in the franchise between Horizon and Motorsport that we're here. Uh, The next game on the list is definitely an Xbox necessity. If you buy an Xbox One, you have to buy this game. Halo, the Master Chief Collection. Uh, It includes Halo 1 through 4. Had a rough, rocky launch when it came out. Um it was having horrible, horrible issues to, to try to play online, but I'll tell you this. They were fixed quickly. Uh, so playing through basically the remastered Halo 1, they remastered Halo 2 with unbelievably gorgeous cutscenes. Just some of the most gorgeous cutscenes you've seen in any video game. Uh, and then the online play is just as good as you remember it playing, whether you were playing a LAN party or playing... Um, uh, 
just right at the launch of Halo 2 and probably 3 most notably for myself. But this is a game that you'll have on your Xbox One forever. You just plug it in, play it whenever you want, jump between them. The campaigns are wonderful. Honestly, the I can't get over how beautiful the cutscenes are. Uh, but that is a game that you've, you've just got to own if you've got an Xbox. That is where I direct you to first. What's your favorite of the original three Halos? Halo 3 for me. I got to agree with that. I uh, think the combination of the story mode and the multiplayer was just perfect. I think it, perfection is, is where it went. And Halo 2, a lot of people would argue, but 3 was satisfying in terms of story, where 2 was like, I can't believe they're actually stopping the story there. Uh, <laughs> and oh, yeah, that cliffhanger. Yeah, people forget about the cliffhanger. Um, Cortana, the whole thing with how Cortana was kind of humanized, and, and, and it just... Man, they did a good job with that. And th- those are games I really, truly do want to go through again. And like I said, it'll always be that game that's just installed on my Xbox from time to time. Man, my, my dad and I, we played so much Halo 3 multiplayer when I was in college. So this game would have come out when we were it, actually seniors in high school, I believe. It was 07 going into 08. And in college, uh, I, I'd come home, have a late night, I'd have ramen noodles and me and my dad would play this all hours of the night. Seriously. Man, you were the uh, quintessential college student. <laughs> no joke. No joke. That's how it went. Uh, but yeah, Halo 3 for me. And I also think Halo 4 is way better than a lot of people give it credit for. Um, it's different, but I think the online was still very good. Um, I also So the next game on the list is, is Halo 5 Guardians. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the online so much. Uh, again, people kind of crap on that one maybe like they do Halo 4. Um, surprised we haven't gotten Halo 6 yet, but uh, we know we're going to be getting some some interesting stuff from the Halo universe probably in the, the near future. Um, the, uh, the next title on the list here, I'll let Jeff talk a little bit about another shooter, but in a totally different vein, uh, exclusive to the Nintendo Switch Splatoon. Two. Ah, yeah. If you if you played Splatoon, you have not played another shooter like this. Um, you know, the very first one was a surprise release for the Switch. Um, a brand new IP from Nintendo. Uh, interesting backstory behind that one too. In that, originally when it was first conceived, it was meant to be another Mario spinoff. Um, so just like any of the Mario sports titles, it was going to have the same. It was going to have like the same kind of gameplay that we know it as now. This multiplayer shooter with you know shooting liquid or paint at one another, but it was going to have the Mario characters and the Mario cast instead of these brand new characters, the Inklings. Um, somewhere midway through that like uh, conceptual process, they decide, hey, why, why don't we make this a brand new franchise? Um, so they bring in the Inklings, the Octolings, they make this you know brand new setting, and it really turned out well. Um, it, it's such a colorful, enjoyable franchise. It gave Nintendo brand new characters and a brand new property um, to promote. And then Splatoon 2 um, you know, comes out just a couple months into the Switch's life cycle. Um, perfect summer game. Uh, just the setting alone. It's always it's sun-drenched, it's uh, taking place. Uh, in what feels like a summery exotic setting. Um, also a game that I've dumped a ton of hours into over the last near two years now. And Splatoon 2 has had some really impressive uh, advancement since its launch too. When it first released, it was still a, it was still a very good game, but it was a very safe sequel. It didn't really mess around with the formula too much. Um, 
didn't add too many new concepts, modes, things like that. However, since that launch, Nintendo has bolstered it with so much free DLC. Uh, new game modes, tons of new weapons, regular online events, um, most notably the Splatfests, where there's two different teams you can choose between, uh, choose between. You choose one, and then as you play throughout the weekend, you gain points for your selective team, and then the winning side gets uh, exclusive perks and weapons and, and equipment at the end of the weekend. Um, but they've, they've kept that online community so bustling, so robust over the last couple of years that it's really grown from, like I said, a good but safe sequel into a, a pretty big step forward for the Splatoon franchise. I always maintain that they should have marketed that as Splatoon instead of spelling T O O N T W O N. I'm sure that was brought up in you know in those board meetings at some point. I'm that guy. It's like, do we really want to do this? Is it the smartest thing in the world? Bet you it was brought up. They had someone much smarter than me tell them it was not good for search engine optimization, so they did not do it. Um, Next game on the list, uh, my favorite two games ever in one collection heard me talk about it a hundred times if not more batman Return to arkham which features the rebuilt up from from the ground up arkham asylum and arkham city those games came out in 2009 and 2011 respectively man 2009 so that means 10 years since arkham asylum uh really broke down the door for not just single player superhero games but really predominantly for batman who was kind of the the butt end joke of all uh of the industry when it came to TV tie-in games, to, to superhero video games. We got a really good one and um, ended up being one of my favorites ever and probably elevated my love of gaming to a new level. I thought, if I could love a game like this this much, maybe I can love this and that. And I it just... And you eventually did. <laughs> kind of made me explore gaming to an, a higher degree. And then Arkham City was my, my favorite all-time game. That opening menu screen with the, the stringed music... Um, uh, that song's going to be stuck in my head now, just mentioning it, to jumping into the game and, and realizing where you were, what Arkham City actually was in terms of story context, what Hugo Strange was doing, uh, the incredible, incredible rogues gallery of characters that you see is is second to none um, when it comes to a game like this. And given them all their... They've all you know kind of got their established histories and they honor that past with the comics, but... The mix of that love of the comic lore with the a lot of the Batman the Animated voice actors, the animated series voice actors, it was the perfect combination. And Mark Hamill delivers a truly amazing performance as Joker. A very questionable choice uh, in terms of story direction with the Joker uh, yeah. does not ruin that game, nor did it ruin the subsequent game. I never had any issue with that with that story twist by the way i love what they did in arkham knight as well the third game where they 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 didn't truly erase history yeah but they were still able to use the the best of everything and have mark hamill involved yeah um well look if you could have mark hamill's voice in your game you better take it yeah you are an absolute fool if you turn him down it's kind of the start of the resurgence from from mark hamill Uh, not that he was ever done with his career but he kind of went away for a bit um you know, he's there. He gets Star Wars again, and he's 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 all over the place nowadays. Um, but those games, uh, if you enjoy superheroes, even if you just like one superhero movie ever, and it was The Dark Knight, which a lot of people may say, this is the game for you. Jump into it. You'll not find a, a better collection. Maybe Nathan Drake, notwithstanding. 
Uh, next game on the list, uh, sh- uh, Shadow of Mordor. So Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Um, one of my favorite Lord of the Rings games ever. There's there's usually a really good Lord of the Rings game or a really bad Lord of the Rings game. It feels like there's no in-between to me. This one played a lot like you would in a, a typical Assassin's Creed game, which, ironically enough, we do not have any on this list at all. Uh, but Say lovey. told what I thought was a really good story in the Tolkien universe, and what I did not realize at the time was not at all in line with... Uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. No, it's its own thing. Uh, I Where I thought Shadow of Mordor could have fit into the trilogy there, could have been a prequel to those in, in terms of everything falling into place. The sequel to Shadow of Mordor, which was Shadow of War, turned that on its head and kind of said, this is not at all involved with Lord of the Rings. Uh, and that was a little bothersome, but nonetheless, incredible gameplay, incredible dynamics. The Nemesis system is one of the most unique things um, I've seen in video gaming technology in a long time. I love that. Yeah. That's incredible. I love the Nemesis system. That's such a clever concept. Basically, your your, your everyday, nameless, faceless orc knows who you are, remembers you. They kill you, your character comes back, they get stronger. They remember what happened last time. They remember an encounter. They remember if you let them off the hook. It's incredible. Uh, so that is a, a very nice game dynamic and a really nice game engine. And I want to see more of that in other series. And I'm sure we will at some point moving forward. Uh, we talked pre-show. Got it. Imagine we're getting a third game for that. Yeah. Um, it just es- feels like a trilogy. Especially with that Amazon TV show coming out. There's going to be a lot more Middle Earth. And the Tolkien movie. Yeah. There's going to be a lot more Middle Earth product out there over the next few years. Yeah. No yeah. That's, that's only going to ramp up. Yeah. I they're going to capitalize on it for sure. Um, so I, I adore that game. One of my favorites ever. Uh, next up on the list is uh, a shooter near and dear to my heart, Titanfall 2. So I went with Titanfall 2 over the original, if only because of the single-player story. Uh, wonderful. Would you really swear by? It is a very, it's one of the best single-player campaigns out there. Not only in terms of gameplay, which is, is wonderful from Respawn Entertainment, but it's your typical run-of-the-mill time frame. So maybe your six to eight hours that you'd see in a Call of Duty or a Battlefield, but it, it's got heart. Uh, whereas I mentioned Cortana was kind of given a soul, if you will, in, in the Master Chief collection, that's what they do to your Titan. So think almost like Transformers in a way. Uh, that's symbiotic relationship there. Uh, but th- it's, it's my favorite shooter franchise, even over a series like Call of Duty or Halo, and I can't recommend it enough, and it fell by the wayside because EA decided to release it as the same in the same month as Battlefield 1. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, just not good. And I don't think, unfortunately, now that we have Apex Legends, we're going to get a Titanfall 3. Yeah, especially now with how well Apex Legends is doing yeah. financially. Damn you, everybody. Uh, next game on the list, uh, a season of sorts. So f- episodic gaming. This is another kind of unique addition to our list here. Another diverse title. Telltale's The Walking Dead Season 1. Tells the story of young Clementine and Lee, father figure, immediately after the apocalypse. I love the cell shaded style. I love how incredibly emotional the story is. Uh, you can play it all in one sitting in terms of, well, not in one sitting. I, when I say that, you can play it all back to back to back in terms of the episodes, or you can play an episode and come back a few weeks later. It really launched Telltale into. F- bigger and better things unfortunately telltale is no longer together but uh that game if you want 
and you don't have to have any prerequisite Walking Dead knowledge. It is based on the comics as opposed to the TV show. Um, and we know how people feel about the TV show nowadays. Almost more soap opera than anything else. Uh, but this game, well worth your time. Next game on the list, we couldn't believe we almost left off uh, the Witcher 3. The Witcher 3. Witcher. The Witcher 3 uh, came out in 2015. Big year for The Witcher coming up here. Yeah. December 20th, rumored to be the Netflix show. I'll be watching some of that on Christmas, apparently. That is very true. I also really need to read some of the books before that. I, I made a promise that I would, I would read a couple of the novels before the show came out. Um, and if it's true that the show is going to come out later this December, I'm going to have to rearrange my reading schedule a little bit to get these books in then because I, I want to I know a little bit about, the, about those before I get into that. I, I've played the games, obviously. But I have never read any of the books, which I've heard wonderful things about, and I, I feel like it's necessary uh, to to read. Such it's had such a huge impact on the uh, fantasy genre for literature in recent years. Probably it's pro- uh, along with Game of Thrones, one of the most important high fantasy series to come out, um, you know, in modern times. And hey, it's it's uh, it's a pol- it's a what do you call it a product of Poland. So oh, I always got to support that. With my Polish heritage in me, with regards to Game of Thrones, it's it's much better. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that too. So there's mean. also that. I, we're, we're, I'm, I'm slightly kidding there, that, people. That is a TV show I'm looking forward to and very much uh, on Netflix. Look, Henry I, Cavill, I, baby. I, look, I, you know me. I love Zelda. I love Breath of the Wild. But uh, sorry, Breath of the Wild. Witcher Three is the best open world action adventure game in and recent time. It's funny to say. So even though 2015 was not that long ago, you can usually tell the. Uh, from year to year, the graphical uh, prowess, if you will, the improvement in the in the prowess. That game looks beautiful. Oh, it, it's it does. huge. That that overworld is just enormous. Tell you what, it looks really good on Xbox One X if if you have one of those. Um, and it runs well. You know, there's no like there's no like hazy draw distance. The loading times are zilch, basically. Everything just comes together so cleanly as you're traversing the environment, which, like I said, just enormous. It's detailed. It's alive with activity. Witcher 2 is good. Witcher 3 is where it's at. That is probably the best overworld you'll find in a video game. Whereas Witcher 2 was a hero, Witcher 3 became a legend. I'll tell you that. Ah, there you go. So uh, So much much that he was able to get into Soul Calibur 2. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um I, I imagine we'll get a Witcher 4 uh, probably next gen because uh, CD Projekt Red is hard at work on, on Cyberpunk right now, which is coming soon. That game is There's gonna, a tease. That game is going to be the size of a European country. Like You're going to have to buy somehow two systems to play it on simultaneously <laughs> just to hold the power. Can't wait for that one. Uh, next on the list, Fallout 4. Uh, we listed this uh, over the likes of Elder Scrolls V Skyrim because we felt Skyrim you could play anywhere came out last generation literally on anything it was remastered but it felt like a port as opposed to a full remaster so fallout 4 early in this generation uh, many laud that as the best uh, of the fallout franchise and um it, it's it's been in my black backlog forever like i got down this summer i i had incredible work i got down to witcher 3 and fallout so i jumped into witcher good call um, nothing against fallout no. But I, I wanted to get into Witcher. So that's where I went. That's okay. You know, I'll get there. But um, it's part of me that likes having a backlog. It's like I, I'll always have something to come home to with that. Yeah. Uh, next game is, you know, again, we debated. 
we wanted one kind of Cuphead notwithstanding, by the way, one really difficult game on here in that that kind of soul crushing franchise, and we went with Bloodborne. Yeah, PS4 exclusive, a little more friendly than the Souls series, little bit, not only much. slightly. <laughs> Uh, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, yeah. you could say is in the same genre. It's almost created this own subgenre of just difficult hack and slash games. Yeah, it's that like action RPG, um, but you have to be super precise with it. You know, like you see, it's, you really can't ha- just hack and slash your way through it. You really got to know um, the precision on your, your block, your dodges, when, when to attack. Um, timing is just so, so important in those games. Similar to like Monster Hunter, too. Yeah. Uh, Monster Hunter World, by the way, is free right now for Xbox Games Pass users. Really? No kidding. And it is also the best-selling Monster Hunter game of all time. I know, recently right? Announced. Unbelievable. Uh, so, so happy for the franchise. Kind of uh, exciting. Yeah. But uh, only a few more games to go on the list here. This one, another indie title, uh, Inside. So this is a game I did play early in the year uh, from Playdead, the makers of Limbo. Uh, if you played Limbo in the Xbox 360 generation... Or honestly, anywhere. You can get it on iOS devices. Um, Inside was the the spiritual successor to that. You can play it in a single night. I did play it. I stayed up very late on a Saturday night. Uh, Probably about four, four and a half hours. There's a nice degree of challenging puzzles uh, that you have to complete to kind of... It's a platformer at its heart. It's really what it is. There's no dialogue. There's very little sound, uh, very little music, if I remember at all. Um, and the story is ambiguous. They don't really tell you this is what happened. And there's so many interpretations of it. If you go go read on the internet, just search what happens in Inside. And it's kind of fun. Um, I came up with my own theory and I read others. And anyway, that's a, that's a game I definitely recommend playing. Play it in the dark again. Scare the atmosphere. crap out of you. It's not um it's not a horror game but it's super atmospheric. Okay. Very dark. Kind of like more creepy than scary. Yes. Okay. I Eerie, like that. Um, yeah. yep, right along a those lines. Psychological even. Really nothing gory about it at all. Right. Um very similar though to Limbo. So if you enjoyed that you will oh, enjoy yeah. this. Next game on the list is possibly the most fun game on this list, or at least it's in the running. But this is a game that is reached across a lot of systems. Originally came out for X, was it Xbox or PlayStation? Might have been PlayStation. Uh, honestly, I don't remember. It was I'm free sorry. on um, PSN, and that's why I know a lot of people just exploded and got into it. Yeah. But you can play it cross-platform, which is it feels like it's one of the pioneers for that. But Rocket League uh, came to Switch. About a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah, I think it was 2018. Um, but or no, maybe it was end of 2017. I don't remember. I don't either. But there were so many times where I said, "I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it." It comes to this system, I'll get it. And uh, I played it on Xbox Games Pass, which it's still on, by the way. How many games have I learned of because of that? Uh, simple concept. Basically, you're driving around in a car and you're trying to score a giant soccer ball-like ball into a goal. Uh, you can play one-on-one, three-on-three, two-on-two. There's all these different options, different tournaments. It's some of the most fun you'll ever have and probably one of the most addicting experiences you'll ever have. It's really become one of like the definitive multiplayer experiences of this generation. I feel like when we look back on this like cycle of games and we think about what were the most prominent multiplayer games, I feel like Rocket League's got to be right up there. 
with like Overwatch and mm-hmm. Apex Legends, Fortnite, etc. Oh yeah. Um, but Rocket League is just it's t- it's really taken on a life of its own, especially with the cross-platform play. That is just so pivotal to its to its success. I adore that game. That is a game you pick up and play, and and it's hard to put down. Man, I had so many games that I wanted to play ahead of it, but I just kept coming back and coming back and coming back. Then you know it's hours later. Uh, fun soundtrack fun atmosphere you play it with friends it's all the better yep uh it truly is well probably one of the you know like we said the the pioneers of esports is as well in terms of uh just how prominent esports has is become nowadays so not even just the multiplayer experience of this generation but one of the most popular esports out there well think about this too what other games out there are like rocket league it's very unique. You know, there's lots of first-person shooters out there. There's lots of fighting games mm-hmm. out there. But what really other games out there have a similar gameplay structure or just you know similar gameplay in general to Rocket League? You know what's Not incredible? Too many. Many. Uh, anyone can pick this up and play it. Yeah, right. To like, be great at it is a different story, but you can be competitive. N- there's no barrier to entry for it. You can, you can pick up and score a goal. Uh, it's not an easy game per se, but it's in very, a very nice balance. Just two games left on the list here. Next one is a game... And we'll beat uh, the crap out of you if you're not good enough at it. <laughs> it's very true, and uh, man, I love this game. Doom. It is on... Is it, It's on Switch now, yes? Yes, it is. Um, so the reboot, if you will, for the, the Doom franchise, that is... is it is one of the best shooters of the generation. If you, are, look, you pick up an Xbox, a PlayStation, a Switch, and you want a definitive shooter... There you go. It's light on story. It's high on action. Uh, high caliber, high octane, uh, heavy metal music in the background. S- story context really doesn't matter much at all. It's just a fun game. Can't wait for uh, Doom Eternal. That, that's going to be great as well. The uh, pace of it is what I always enjoyed so much. Like oh, it, yeah. it, it moves so fast. Like it feels like it should be a third person shooter. As you get in a like, groove. Yeah. You know the weapons are incredible. You're Choosing just, all the different kinds of weapons. You have to use all the different kinds of weapons to succeed. Your movement is just so rapid in there, and that's it's very unusual to find in a first person shooter. I also argue this may have allowed the return of rage. Yeah. In the form of Rage 2. Seeing that this succeeded, they took influence from it and made Rage 2, and it's getting very good reviews. That's out this week. Um, so Doom did a lot uh, for not just Bethesda for its, itself, but for other franchises near and dear to it. Uh, last game on the list here is Persona 5. Uh, now this is a deep game, but if you're looking for a, a, a solid popular rpg to jump into this is going to be the one yeah and persona really elevated the persona sorry persona 5 really elevated the persona franchise then because um you know it it always had a following but it was more persona was always more of a niche franchise um they're very very deep rpgs they're not known crazy well outside of japan um however persona 5 just really hit it off in the mainstream so much more than previous games in the series had, especially um, by Atlas, which is uh, it, it, the majority of their fans are in Japan. You know, they, they do a lot of localization, but um, their fans are um, otakus, a lot of them. Um, however, Persona 5 really did a great job, and I think a lot of it was just the critical acclaim it had. Um, beautiful, beautiful art direction, um, musical score was really, really good. Uh, good in it. 
um, story was just as crazy, but also as compelling as you know any Japanese RPG that you could find. Um, one of the you know it became extremely well selling. Then uh, I believe it sold over two million copies, which would have been unheard of uh, internationally for the Persona franchise prior to this, and it 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 found such an audience outside of Japan that we eventually then get the main character Joker as a DLC character in Super Smash Brothers which just sounds crazy it still sounds crazy to say that because Persona 5 still hasn't even been released on a Nintendo system but we got the main character of it in Super Smash Brothers and people love him I couldn't believe it when I saw that announcement people absolutely love this character if they play Super Smash Brothers that always just kind of blows my mind but I think that really speaks to how influential that game was on the industry as a whole yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and Persona has kind of gained steam, especially over in North America uh, in the recent, I would say the last decade or so. Yeah. Um, it, it, no, it's definitely growing outside of Japan. PS3, even Vita, it was very popular yep. on. Um, if you had a Vita, yeah, you know, odds are you played that. And, uh, you know, here we are. So that uh, that concludes our, our 30 essential games. I think there's a little for everyone there. Yeah, and um, that's what we were trying to go for. We are trying to get as many genres, different backgrounds, perspectives as possible as far as, you know, the software. I can't wait to, to hear on social media what we missed. Right. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Well, in some people's eyes, we probably missed 30 times out of 30 on there, but well, it is, is what, what it is. is what it is. We'd love to hear uh, exactly. some of your suggestions. What uh, From our list are your favorite games. What games would you have added to your own list? Tell us over at facebook.com slash the Geekiverse. You can also find us on Twitter at the underscore Geekiverse or on Instagram at the Geekiverse. Uh, we're going to wrap things up for this episode here. We've got a busy Busy week ahead, so uh, you're hearing this on Wednesday. We are going to be releasing our fifth anniversary limited edition t-shirt. Only a hundred uh, of these will be ever made. Uh, so get your hands on one. If you subscribe to us on Patreon at the $10 or higher level, it is included in your subscription. Uh, so uh, you will get that uh, this summer. Uh, we'll, we'll have those details for you shortly in terms of when we're going to be shipping them, but it will be soon. And uh, later this week, uh, Jeff and I are going to be back here behind the mics uh, to recap John Wick Chapter 3. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're excited about that. Um, we're big John Wick fans. Jeff gets on my case for not seeing the first one. <laughs> and I'm going to continue getting on your case for it. I'll get around to it eventually. But um, yeah, John Wick uh, 2 was just one of, one of my favorite movies of, of 2017. And uh, happy that we're going to get to see this this third one here. It's a nice nice way to kind of kick off what's a special weekend for us, uh, which is the fourth uh, Nickel City Con right at the Buffalo Niagara Convention Center. We are a proud sponsor there. Uh, we've got celebrity panels. Jeff is hosting one. I'm hosting one as well. Uh, we're going to be all over the place there, so we're really excited. Come buy a shirt. Come say hello. Uh, Jeff is going to be uh, signing some books. We'll do a, a meet and greet as well. Lots going on. But, uh, Jeff, why don't we wrap things up with you? Where can we find you on social media? Uh, what can we plug for the weekends and or on the Geekiverse in general? You can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Povs and on Instagram, Jeff Pavlock. As you said, for Nickel City Con, I've got a loaded schedule as well. Um, the panel I'll be hosting will be with Eric Bischoff, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash, all of professional wrestling fame. Um, I will also be signing copies of the first two books in my High Fantasy Trilogy, um, the Echoes of Light and the second book, A Gleaming Path. If you like Sh- uh, Shannara, Chronicles of Narnia, Middle Earth, Legend of Zelda, Korra, uh, what else? Uh, oh, Dragonlance Chronicles. If you're a Dungeons Dragons fan, I think this series would definitely be for you. So I'd uh, definitely love to see you stop out. Uh, 
stop by the booth. Then, otherwise, I am in full Godzilla King of the Monsters mode. Yeah, we're almost there. Yep, May thirtieth is going to be, uh, you know, uh, worldwide, you know, uh, debut, and then May thirty first is the official release date. Uh, but between now and then, we're going to have plenty of coverage for that. I will be doing a list of the ten Godzilla movies you should or could watch to get into the series prior to Godzilla King of the Monsters. Otherwise. Um, I will be on the next two episodes of The Memory Machine, our all-retro podcast. Myself, Nate Lockhart, uh, The Memory Machine's host, and his brother Aaron have already talked about around three hours worth of Godzilla coverage, and we will be doing another um, part two of that we're basically recapping the entire history of the Godzilla film franchise so we're uh, gonna have probably around four to five hours worth of Godzilla talk between those two episodes yeah that's uh that's gonna be a lot I, I love the idea of the the top 10 article though that's yep. that's a great looking ent- forward to writing that one entry point for uh for people such as myself um so uh you can find me on Twitter at Josiah D. Leroy. I am all over social media these days. I uh, can't wait to unveil the fifth anniversary design. Um it is it was designed by our friends over at Twenty Six Shirts. Very excited. That's Del Reed and company. Wonderful, wonderful people. Go check them out at twenty six shirts dot com. They've got new sports and new geek themed shirts all the time. Uh proceeds from every purchase go to a family in need or a charity that they are uh, donating to so uh, you can do a lot of good by helping them out to help other people uh they will also be at nickel city con this weekend having a booth for the first time so we're really excited about that uh so you can go meet del reed of bill's mafia fame and uh, he's he's a wonderful guy you'll enjoy him we cannot express it enough, people, how much fun Nickel City Con is. Yeah. If you, find, if you can find a day this weekend, please stop out. You will not regret it. Buy a one-day pass. You know, If you're able to buy a three-day pass, it's the best value. Come buy some incredible merch. We'll have our own. We'll have our Geekiverse beer glasses. Uh, 20 different shirts to choose from is in our inventory now, which is kind of exciting to see it built up over the years. Uh, I'm hosting a, a celebrity Q&A with Brian Herring. He's the puppeteer behind BB-8 in the new Star Wars movies. And uh, I really, really look forward to that conversation. I He's not necessarily like a frontless celebrity, right? Because he's a puppeteer. So I've got a lot of questions that I feel like I truly don't know the answers to. Um, and I'm really excited to learn more about the process, even just where it came from, what it looks like on a day-to-day. Because you've seen the extras on the Blu-rays, but I'd love to actually talk to him. And I'm going to for about an hour on Saturday morning uh, this coming weekend. So, again, that's Nickel City Con. Uh, you can buy tickets online at nickelcitycon.com or through our friends at Dave and Adams who run the show. Um, and uh, we'd love if you, you came to our booth and, and introduced yourself. There's uh, nothing we love more than in, than meeting our, our friends and fans there. So come by, say hello, we'll be there. I am cosplaying, as I mentioned, two things uh, this weekend. I'm not going to reveal what those are. I'm having a lot of fun on social media with teasing what I'm going to be. Uh, so um, uh, two people have guessed it so far. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. But I'm not going to reveal until you actually see me there. So um, in terms of plugs, our next episode of Geek Scott Game is going to be our is it going to be our E three show? Uh no, I think it'll Did be we got pre- one more. Yeah, it'll be our preview. Yeah, no, May May is kind of weird with the way the with the, with the with the way the weeks fall. So our next show is our E three preview extravaganza, which is crazy to say. So Jeff and I make predictions on the show. We um uh, we kind of preview the the weekend or the week uh, if you will. 
Uh, looks like we're going to have a special guest. I'm not going to tell you who that is just yet because we want to lock things down. But uh, if you are in Western New York especially, you're going to be really excited because let me tell you, Jeff and I are really, really excited uh, to possibly have this individual on. So for everything, movies, gaming, comics, and TV, go to thegeekiverse.com. Last thing we want to mention, if you enjoyed today's show, if you've enjoyed any of our articles, we'd appreciate if you go to patreon.com slash thegeekiverse. There you can subscribe for as little as $1 a month uh, and all the way up to $25 a month if you're crazy insane. But hey, we'd love you. Uh, and you get exclusive perks the higher up you get on that chain, including our anniversary t- uh, t-shirt included in the $10 a month club. One thing Patreon helps us do very important we talked about nuance we talked about kind of dark settings in a lot of these video games especially some of these indie games we don't want a podcast in the dark we don't have to because you go to patreon why jeff what does patreon help us do keeps helps us keep those damn lights on turn the damn lights on that's what patreon does for us so thank you uh for even just your consideration there if you don't want to subscribe or can't no problem at all we still appreciate you listening We've got a lot to do. You're going to see us a lot this week. You've listened to this. You're going to hear us on, on the John Wick spoiler cast, and then you're going to see us all over the convention center. There ain't a lot of sleep happening this week, people. <laughs> Lots of Red Bull. That's how it's going to happen. Lots of coffee. I prefer Monster. I do prefer Monster as well. Just a little bit cheaper and a little bit better, I think. Ironically enough. I actually hate Red Bull. Really? I can't. No. Can't, That's a, can't drink it. I don't feel like they're that different. Huh. Well, I only drink the Monster Zeros. Oh, I, there's a big difference then. Yeah. Yep, so, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, for my Monster Zero award-winning author friend, Jeff Pavlock, I'm Josiah Leroy. Thank you for listening. We'll see you at Nickel City Con.
You'll be better on your own, but you should know oh, 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 that you guys said hello. And now I'm skipping like a broken record, but you're tripping, tripping over your words. Are you listening? You should know.